Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30, Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. It's 6.05 in Edmonton this fine Thursday evening. We're on the eve of a, uh, an Oilers doubleheader. Let's get that straight. And it is Anaheim. First on the docket, the Ducks playing host tomorrow at 8 o'clock Mountain. And it's Calvin Pickard getting the start for your Edmonton Oilers, who, if you missed the top of the show, did roll out uh, some different-looking defense pairs. This is the top story today. And I'm not saying that this is going to concretely be rolled out coming tomorrow or at any point in the future. But Knobloch says he wanted to take a peek at this. So Darnell Nurse skated with Vincent DeHarnay. Brett Kulak paired with Evan Bouchard at today's practice. And Matthias Ekholm took some reps with Cody Cece. Little shuffle of the deck, just keeping things fresh. Doesn't mean that's how they're going to deploy, but uh, a different lens was needed. And maybe things get stale after 16 consecutive wins. I, I don't know. I've never been a part of that many collective wins, let alone in a row. So let's uh, move right along here into uh, the man with the answers that I think we, we want to hear, and that is Daily Faceoffs, Frank Saravalli. He's brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Racing returns on May 4th at Century Mile. Uh, for more, go to thehorses.com. Frank, appreciate you jumping around this week and making us work. How's it going tonight? It's going well. Excellent. And I would say with regards to the defense pairs, I think there's when you go through a 16 game winning streak and look some of these pairs have been kind of together for a while i'm sure there's changes the coaching staff wanted to make that they just said you know what we're not doing it till we lose (laughs) and that i think is a huge part of it different ideas pop into your head you scribble down something on the back of a bar napkin at some point during a road trip and you'd like to see it and i think maybe what strikes me about those pairs is at least a little bit of balance between guy who thinks offensive and guy who thinks defensive. Maybe that will work. It's a pretty uh, Occam's razor line of thinking right there. I'm very curious about it. And it wasn't the only place, Frank, that we saw a wrinkle in the lineup. Corey Perry jumping up and skating alongside Dreisaitl and and Evander Kane. And that pops. No surprise uh, to me. Really? Well, elaborate. You figured it'd be time? And I said when when Stoff was hosting, when you guys signed Corey Perry, I said, do not solely think of him as a bottom six option. And I actually used this line in particular. I said, 
I wonder if the Oilers think that Corey Perry is someone that can feed Leon Dreisaitl pucks. So I think there's some thought that, hey, let's try this out and see what it's like. And, and at least if it doesn't work, we know that it doesn't. But if it does, it's one more tool in our toolbox. 100%. And now you've got a couple of games worth of footage and him getting acclimated to everything. And and uh, more importantly, I think, when, when you're talking about McDavid and Dreisaitl, those guys getting acclimated to, to who they're playing with. But that also puts the line back together, and we've seen this before, McLeod, Holloway, and Fogle. And these are three absolutely pivotal players for this team that, for the most part, have been performing in the case of McLeod and, and Fogle. I really like the look of, of this line and what it could potentially mean for Edmonton um, down the stretch here. I, I just think that the way that they could check would, would answer some yeah. questions, right? Well, yeah. I mean, what's the first thing you think of when you hear those three guys together? For me, it's wheels. Yeah. They, they you know, those guys can skate. And I think maybe one thing that's, it's not a, you know, a negative, but there's something that the Oilers could use a little bit more of. And that's, I think at times some pressure on the four check. And if you could have one line that really turns up the temperature when they're on the ice, I think what it does is, you know, it backs everyone else down when the other guys get out there that can really do damage. So as we look uh, and, and there's lots of um, dominoes that are starting to fall around the league, I like the thought of Sean Monaghan. I, he's a left-handed shot, so maybe it's not the exact uh, prototype that the Edmonton Oilers are looking to add. But you did update the trade board here, Frank, so I, I think it's probably a good place to take a peek and see a lot of Calgary Flames there. But uh, Adam Henrique is available, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, and then you start looking at the Flyers, who have a whole list of players I think the Oilers uh, should be looking at. But uh, let me put it to you this way. Next domino to fall, is there anything that's a particularly hot iron in the fire anywhere around the league, not just in Edmonton? Yeah, I would say the short term, like real short term, meaning next 24 to 48 hours, is what happens with Noah Hannafin. The Flames are awaiting an answer i believe that craig conroy was scheduled to meet today with noah hannafin's representatives that contract offer has been lingering out there quite a long time going back to october eight years 60 million bucks that's seven and a half per don't know if it's still officially on the table don't know if he'll be signing or if the decision will be made in the next you know day or two He's not coming back, and it's time to move on. And either way, a big portion of the trade targets board, you know, number one on our list, he, you know, he's either in play or he's not. And if he is, the Flames have the premier rental defenseman available, just like they had the premier center available in Elias Lindholm. And if not, they probably still have the premier rental defenseman available in Chris Tanev. So, they're in a great spot. They've got the market cornered on defense. And they've already turned Tyler Toffoli, Nikita Zadorov, and now Lindholm into something pretty significant. And they've got more work yet here to do. I think it is absolutely fascinating that 
the bell of the ball this year is 34-year-old Chris Tanev, of all people, you know, because of the type of game that he brings that's hard to find and yet so, so valuable at that crucial time of year. Um, and these guys aren't hard to, or pardon me, they are, as I say, are they're difficult to replicate, right? So you have to go pretty far down the list before you find another defenseman who uh, checks in with any similar sort of value, right? Like this, Sean Walker's not that guy. No, and and to be fair, Noah Hannafin is a totally different player, not that guy. But at the same time, I wonder if in some ways the league overvalues that type of player. And when you consider, you know, some of the other facets of his game that aren't great, he, he's the toughness is off the charts. The ability to sell out and block shots next level. The simple plays and efficiency that he plays with is important, but he doesn't move well, all things considered, and he's not going to make any fancy plays with the puck, and he contributes zero offense. Like, I think he needs to go to a really tailored situation, not to say that he can't help most playoff teams. He can. It's just that I think for his skill set, it's really kind of somewhat limited what he provides you. And, you know, it, it really depends on what kind of team you have, what holes you have on your blue line. But for lots of different reasons, way more impactful, you'd obviously prefer Hannafin and way younger, seven years younger. But at the same time, different player, different, you know, different everything. Sean Walker has a different flavor. And Alex Carrier, who I'm writing about tomorrow, different flavor. It, it really depends on what your team has in the mix. Frank Saravalli on the line right now, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. And certainly, the, I'm, I'm just getting the sense that Edmonton is more and more comfortable with the defense situation. And now we're hearing names like Eberly, Gensel, Tarasenko bandied about as putting Edmonton over the top for a, for a playoff run this year. Of those names... Realistically speaking, I think uh, we know that Gensel is going to be the toughest to pull off, but it would provide the most juice for the squeeze, I would think, uh, in in a return situation. Like that's that's an upper echelon player to be acquiring, and so the price is going to be great. Elite. I mean, an elite point producer, elite goal scorer, has been a clutch player in Stanley Cup playoff runs. Um, he he's going to be expensive, not just to acquire, but also to try and keep. And obviously that probably wouldn't be part of any dynamic for the Oilers. I, I think that's really the tough part of this deadline for Edmonton. It's we've discussed before many times how, you know, aggressive is probably not in Ken Holland's nature, but he knows that he has to do something to improve this team or to, to help them along. But I think the tough part is when you get to this juncture of the deadline where some teams have already acted and the, the market begins to get more thin, I, I just think you really run into a question of outside of Jake Gensel or outside of Noah Hannafin or whoever you know is at the very top of that list how many real difference makers are you going to find? And that I think is, is the challenge for the Oilers is they need to get creative. If they're, 
intent and keen on continuing to add and add, which I've been saying all along has been a this is a burn the boats type year for Edmonton that they they've got some work cut out for them over the next month to really find some fits that are under rocks here and there. And and it may not always be the biggest price. You may not have to spend the first round pick, but at least when you go into the playoffs, you can go in with a feeling that we put our best foot forward and we did absolutely everything we could under the sun to make this team better. Let me ask you specifically about Jordan Eberle and the price that he's going to garner no matter where he goes, if he goes. And Seattle really hasn't fallen too far out of things yet, but this seems like an idea that Oilers fans are enamored with. I don't know if he would move somewhere else. There's a love story there. Uh, but mm-hmm. talk about first maybe the so price like you a- think he'll fetch, and then, and then if this is really a legitimate, uh, if this is the right fit or if this is one that feels good. It's... It feels to me like it could be a legitimate fit, but there's also part of it that's like getting back together again with your high school girlfriend. <laughs> the old the old comfortable, you know, familiar feeling. And I I'm sure that on Eberly's end, with the way things ended, that there's probably a huge part of him that would like to get a redo and and link up with this team again to really finally accomplish the task and and do the job i i just don't know where the kraken are right now because i envision a world and i don't know about you where the preds the blues the coyotes all those teams that are right in the kind of thick of the western conference eighth seed race they all sell off and that just opens up the door for seattle to sit tight and burst through with that eighth seed. Now it's not a lock by any stretch, but they've played a lot better the last couple months. And they've certainly played themselves into a position where if you're Ron Francis and if you're the marketplace, you could talk yourself into the idea of, hey, we've got something going here. Let's let's keep that together. And it depends on how they view the grand picture, which is, are we happy to get in? Or is it we are a Stanley Cup threat or bust? And if not, then we've got to move on. And of course, they were able to get past Colorado, pardon me, as as the eighth seed last year, right? So there's reason to believe that it's absolutely possible in that market. One game away from the Western Conference final. There you go. Now, uh, I'm going to shift course just a little bit here because uh, this caught me way off guard. What on earth prompted, Frank, a comprehensive audit of the NHL's stats up to this point in the year? Probably some agent complaining. (laughs) I mean, that's the real answer. So, and the reason for that would be an agent bases the price of his client on production, so production had better be accurately reflected, right? Yeah, more or less to the point where any stat that would be admissible in arbitration hearing, something like that, uh, that they better get it right. And now the ability with the puck and player tracking is you you can go back and look at that. And, it, and there is enough AI that exists in the NHL world where you can even have machine learning analyze it for you. If it were up to me... You know, we'd be dealing with audited information every night. There's the real-time scoring, and then 
at some point between 2 and 6 a.m. or whatever it is, the machine learning is spending the time re-watching the video to make sure that it was all counted correctly. There's really kind of no excuse with the technology available now to do that. And it's nice to see that the league took a step forward to say, hey, some of these guys have added 20 to 40 new hits based on what was missed in in the the stat crew that's watching in real time. They're, you know, they do a great job, but there's a lot of inherent biases that exist arena to arena and also scorekeeper to scorekeeper that whether it's time on ice or hits or uh, giveaways, takeaways, whatever it is that they're counting in real time, there's a lot you know, still to be desired. How many years in a row did Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin lead the league <laughs> in hits while they were with the Islanders? That is immediately where my mind this. goes. For seven years, I spent my, my seat in the Flyers press box was directly next to the guys from the stats crew and they they really care they work hard um but sometimes i would be watching the game and i'd hear them call out stuff left and right and it would be like a totally different game than i was watching and so um you know not to say i took whatever they were putting forward with a grain of salt it's all we had to go on 15 years ago it's just that we've got better processes available to us now let me bend your ear uh, one last time here. It's Frank Saravalli on the line, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. And we see a, a catastrophic injury in a terrible circumstance for Mikhail Sergachev, mm. uh, the, the leg breaking in a couple of spots. And this has prompted uh, a debate among general managers that they've penciled in for the uh, meetings next month about reverse hits, which to me, I think, boy, when they're thrown correctly, they're earth shattering and they're kind of one of those long uh, or, or last remaining gems of real physical hockey here and and yet you can see where the potential for injury is so is this just like any other thing you know you see a significant outcome from a situation and it needs to be discussed by the the board of governors or what have you i think you have to evaluate each one on an individual basis and by that i mean i watched the hit last night and i see nothing wrong with it like that to me there's some element of the reverse hit, but there's also some part of just natural body contact that comes with two guys that are closing in on a puck. Um, typically, I would say, to me, the reverse hit is just another way of saying interference. If you are making contact with a guy well before he even has a chance to play the puck, which is typically what happens when a reverse hit is made, it's nine times out of 10 textbook interference mm-hmm. and frankly should be called more. But I'm with you in the sense that I love the physicality and I think we're missing some of it at times. Like I, I look at that Brendan Dillon suspension uh, that came down yesterday and yeah. I really struggle with it because I, I think Nolachari is coming through the neutral zone with his head down trying to carry the puck and the fact that he gets absolutely smoked, no one likes the end result and no one likes and feels good about today the fact that Nolachari has a concussion. The player, the Department of Player Safety, they made their point in their video explanation that they felt like the angle that Brendan Dillon took allowed him to, to make better choices. And I just think that's BS. Like, go play the game at a, at a high speed, a high level, 
first off you don't have time to react and second what is brendan Dillon's job it's to separate man from puck and the best way to do that and the best way to be a deterrent for your team at the blue line to make players think twice is to lay a guy out he doesn't raise his arm he doesn't stick his arm out it's not his elbow it's a clean shoulder check that unfortunately for him um, made contact with the head and i wouldn't even call it you know the sort of over-the-top principal point of contact, what other choice does he have if Nolachari is bent down with his head leading the way? I think we've got um, a lot of nuance in this game. Nothing wrong with the hit on Sergachev. I'd like to see reverse hits curtailed in the sense that it is interference and should be a minor penalty most times. But on the whole, I think we, we kind of treat some of this with kid gloves. Yeah, I tend to agree, Frank. You can't wax the game of its physicality, and uh, that is a long-standing conversation. We'd just be watching something different. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Always appreciate the chance to talk to you. Thank you very much for tonight. Brendan, have a good one. You too. Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. I'll remind you that some guests of the show do receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite place to celebrate your special occasion. Ran out of breath there. Try a Wagyu steak today. Kellen, we're going to break. At Leading Edge Physiotherapy, it's our goal to help you connect your issues to the right expert, the right treatment at the right time. Like those who suffered concussions might be facing a latent effect of brain fog, difficulty concentrating, or memory loss. We have cognitive rehab experts ready to help you. LeadingEdgePhysio.com. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oh boy, we're up against the clock. But Frank is just so good. Sometimes you don't want to, you don't want to stop the train when it gets rolling. But I do want to read you a text here because it was a pretty good one. Oh, uh, this is it right here. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name, so I'm just going to avoid it. But it's an Alberta handle, and the question is: any way that the Oilers could snag a guy like Claude Giroux? Hmm. I do think there's a way. Now, in that deal, of course, you'd have to move some money. So uh, you might have to decide how you feel about Brett Kulak or or that type of player who's making enough money to send the other direction. But do I think that Giroux could be pried from Ottawa? Certainly. In fact, uh, we're going to give that text the uh, the entry into the text of the week draw. Winners receiving three months of washes at Bob's favorite car wash, Great White Car Wash, 10004, 169th Street. Stay tuned for the weekly winner each Friday. That'd be tomorrow. Thomas Dias has a newscast, and then we'll get you up to speed on the Edmonton Oil Kings. Brendan in for Bob tonight.